0: Welcome to Family Bible Hour, a broadcast of the Sunday morning worship services of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida. The title of the message is Winning. Most of you remember Charlie Sheen's antics a few, um, I guess it's been years now, when all of his craziness was all over the news and the internet and uh, water cooler discussions. He developed this mantra where he applied to everything when he would say, winning, I'm winning. Never understood what that meant. Became a national joke and then it faded away. However, there is a certain power in being a winner. Several years ago when I was doing a local interview program, I had Coach Bowden on my show the show is, uh, was titled Talk of the Town, and I asked him about uh, some of the things that that he was doing as a football coach. Uh, for instance, um, he would have Bible devotions with his football team, and he required them every year to go to two church services. wasn't an option, it was a requirement that they went to two church services. Uh, with the, the whole team, and he decided where they would go to church. And I asked him, I said, Coach, Florida State University is a publicly funded university. And of course, um, you know that um, public funding often means restriction on uh, religious expression and religious freedom. And I said, Coach, I, I, don't, uh, I don't understand how you're able to uh, do these things. Ask him right on the air. I said, I don't know how you're able to have team devotions and require your team to go to church and those kind of things. He looked at me, and here's what he said. He said, when? <clears throat> that's what he said. He said, you didn't get away with anything if you win. <clears throat> and, and that's the truth. That's all that he said. He just said, when? And there is a certain amount of truth that when you win, when you're the winner, there are some things that, that uh, you can do or some things that come your way that do not come your way if, if you're not uh, a winner. Winning has a certain power to it. And as we come to the end of this short series, we're going to see what happened to David after he successfully faced the giant. And maybe the same will happen to you. Maybe the same will happen to me. Uh, David as you recall in the messages that we have um, looked at this is number six David definitely had a giant in his life the giant's name was Goliath David faced his giant David reached a turning uh, point and all of Israel reached a turning point when David said someone needs to do something about this giant and then <clears throat> David spoke up and he said, I will do something about this giant. God has called me, God has empowered me to do something about this giant. And then Sunday before last, <clears throat> when we were here, we looked and David was able to slay Goliath by a sling and one stone. He carried five, but he used only one. We've already addressed all of that. And now let's just review quickly two verses, 1 Samuel 17, 48, and 49. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone and slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. Now when it comes to spiritual matters, the matters of of the spiritual life, there are some things that we should understand that influence whether or not we are going to win or lose in our spiritual battle or in our when we face our giants. If we're going to win any spiritual battle, it's going to be because of the power of God. No one has any personal or innate ability to win a spiritual battle apart from the power of God. Now the Bible does say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you need the power of God in order to resist the devil. You need the power of God to be victorious in whatever it may be where God is speaking and leading in your life. <clears throat> we'll pick up now with our text in First Samuel in verse 50, 17 and verse 50, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. He struck the Philistine and killed him. <clears throat> there was no sword in the hand of David. You might want to underline that. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. So evidently, the Philistine uh, needed a little extra killing, and so David cut off his head. Now for the believer, all of life has an aspect of spiritual empowerment to it. In the course of our lives, We want to have God's blessing, and we want to have God's power on our walk. We want it to be on all of our walk of life. I don't think that there's an area of life where any of you, maybe some other people might, but I don't believe any of you would say, God, I'd like for you to try and work against me here. I'd like for you to try and and oppose me in this. I'd like for you to try and, and defeat me in this endeavor. I don't think any of us would do that. What we want is for God's power to be upon us so that we can face our giants regardless of what giant it may be. For some of you the giant you've been thinking of all during this series has been a giant opportunity. It has not been a, <clears throat> a giant sin or a giant problem. It's been a giant opportunity and you have looked at this opportunity in front of you you've been a little bit afraid of this opportunity. You, you have been hesitant about this opportunity because it's so big. It's so Im- ominous. It's so difficult. And really, if you take a step toward defeating this giant, it's going to be a step that will totally change your life. For some of you, the giant was the giant of opportunity. For some of you, it's a giant challenge of another kind maybe there's a family challenge, maybe there's a financial challenge, maybe you're having a a physical challenge in your your body. We have a dear lady in our church right now who is beginning tomorrow, her second round of of chemotherapy. That is a giant challenge for her life. It's going to be a giant challenge for uh, Melanie Goodson to adjust her life after taking care of her sick mother for so long and now her mother's passed away. It's going to be a giant challenge for Joel Funches and his family as now they deal with the the death of their mom. So sometimes our giants are opportunities and sometimes they are challenges. Sometimes they're giant problems. We have a big problem in our life that we've got to deal with. We didn't expect this problem to come. We didn't know the problem was on its way, but sure enough, the problem came. And we're going to have to deal with that problem. And if, if we do not have the power of God on our lives, we're not going to be able to deal with that problem. And there may be someone here today who's dealing with a giant sin in your life. Now, it's not big enough for any of us to see. Maybe some people do see it. But you're dealing with a, a giant sin in your life. And every time I've preached about these giants you have visited that sin again in your mind. You pictured, I ask you to put a face on the giant. You put the face of that, of that, uh, that sin in your life, you put that face on the, the giant. Let me just say this, that when you face any of these giants, or some that I've not even touched upon, as a believer you want to do so with the power of God. Otherwise, not only do you risk failure, you pretty much guarantee yourself failure. When David faced his giant in the power of God, he was able to have victory over that giant. I want to show you three things that took place in David's life when he slayed the giant, and he did so in the power of God. First of all, David found for himself unusual courage. Now, if we were not familiar with this story, and were being told the story for the very first time, it would be pretty hard to believe. In fact, there are a lot of people who say they believe the Bible, but they don't believe stories like this in the Bible. They don't believe that God created the heaven and earth. They don't believe there was a literal flood. (coughs) They don't believe in in a lot of things. And they certainly wouldn't believe that a boy or a young man (coughs) would face off with a giant and and be successful. I mean, who would do that? Who? (coughs) What? What young man could face off with an honest-to-goodness real giant and be successful? And let me just say this, that I don't know of anybody that could do that kind of thing unless they had unusual courage from the power of God. And unless we're in a situation where we cannot retreat, we normally try to remove ourselves from the giants. We normally try to avoid uh, giants like this. Now, in David's thinking, there was no way out. David had to face the giant. There was, there was no other answer. Goliath had continued to come out and challenge all the army of Israel. and David simply had to face the giant. Someone had to do something or Israel was going to fall to the Philistines. Now, no man would stand a chance against a man like Goliath. So David thought to himself, why not a boy? Why not some young man like me? And I think he was fully grown, but he was a young man. And so all along we have been asking ourselves what it would take to win over these giants in our lives. And one thing that it's going to take is unusual courage. That unusual courage is going to have to come from the Lord. If the opportunity or the obstacle in front of you is truly a giant it's going to take power from above in order for you to have courage to face it. You just cannot have courage without the presence of God. The strength that you or I will need must be from God and the power of God will give you unusual courage. I know a lot of people who have overcome a lot of things because of the power of God. Krista Biddle is the former uh, Krista Horton, and her parents are here today from Ridgetop, Tennessee. That's just uh, north of Goodlettsville. After Ridgetop, you got Greenbrier, and after Greenbrier, you got Springfield. Am I right about that? All right, there we go. And then after Springfield, you go to Kentucky. But... But they were at one time members. In fact, Krista's mom played the organ at Beacon Baptist Church for many, many years. They had a pastor who was one of my dearest friends. His name is Terry Samples. Terry has preached in this church a couple of times. Terry is a wonderful preacher. I want to tell you something about Terry. Terry is the most hesitant uh, bashful, does not want to step out and, and, and take the lead in, in front of people person that you would ever meet. <clears throat> if you go to a, a meeting of pastors uh, with Brother Terry there, Terry will sit for a long time and not say anything. And the reason he won't say anything is because he is <clears throat> very, very shy. He is truly what you would call an introvert with the exception of the power of God. Now when Terry stands in the pulpit to preach, he literally is one of the finest preachers that I've ever heard. In, in Romania we were, I was teaching a seminary class and I was teaching these guys how to preach and I was teaching them how to prepare a sermon and, and how to uh, study and, and those kinds of things. And these are young guys and they said, do you ever listen to other people's sermons to get sermons to know how to preach? And that's not an unusual question for a a young preacher. A lot of young preachers listen to other preachers' sermons and it gives them ideas. And I used to do that, but I had to be very honest with him. I don't listen to too many other people preach. I probably should, but I don't. And one of the reasons is because a lot of times preachers are just plain boring, and some of them are. I mean, it is more exciting to watch paint dry than to hear one of their sermons. That's just, you say you shouldn't say that. Well, it's the truth. It's the absolute truth, but not with Terry Samples. Terry Samples is a exhilarating preacher. When Terry Samples preaches, I hang on every word that he says for a couple of reasons. One, because I know him and I can't believe that these things are coming out of his mouth because he will hardly order for himself at the restaurant. Terry has the power of God on his life. Now, to be honest with you, he's changed a great deal as he's spoken over the years and he's much less introverted but I knew Terry when the only possible reason that he would be able to face the giant of standing up and preaching a sermon was that the power of God was on his life now the strength that you're going to need to face your giant is going to have to come from God you can read the power of positive thinking you can go to a class on how to win and friends and influence people. You can join the Toastmasters Club. You can do a lot of things that will, that will improve your life. But if you're going to face your giant, and if you're going to have a victory that is a spiritual victory over your giant, you're going to have to have unusual courage from God. And unusual courage often leads to unlikely victories. From unusual courage came unlikely victory on this day no one on either side expected this to happen. They didn't even expect anyone to challenge Goliath, much less defeat him. Adding to the unlikely victory was the method of the victory. Verse 50 is very careful to point out there was no sword in the hand of David. Now David goes after this this giant without so much as even a sword. He brought a Sling to face the giant. And may I say to you that that is worse than bringing a knife to a gunfight. <clears throat> he just brought a sling. It was a serious thing. Nothing about this is going to point to victory. But <clears throat> what happened came because of the power of God. There was an indeed a great <clears throat> and unlikely victory. Now, here's what we must know when we're facing giants, it's time to remember not only the power of God, but the potential of God. Now, all along, I've been asking you to face your giant. And all along, some of you have, have, have said to yourselves, I just don't think that I'm going to be able to defeat the giant. I don't think I'm going to be able to win. And part of the reason that you think that way is because you have not seen the potential of what happens when God takes the, the, puts His power on your life. Let me read you a couple of verses about that kind of potential. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Can you read that last sentence with me? Nothing is too hard for you. Say that again. Nothing is too hard for you. Would you do me a favor and would you just kind of lift your eyes toward heaven and and just kind of look in the face of God and say that with me again as though you're saying it to God and really mean it. Let's say it together. Nothing is too hard for you. Now that's a big deal right there. That's huge. Huge. Matthew 19 26 but Jesus looked to them and said with man this is impossible but with God all things are possible. Philippians 4 13 I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So there is our unlikely victories awaiting the believer who has unusual courage and it will produce an unreal reality. Statistics show that 85% of people watch television. And when they watch television, it makes them happy, happy, happy. 80% of them, 80% of those 85% of all people who watch television watch reality shows which means that almost everyone who watches television watches reality shows. Now, some reality shows are very entertaining and even inspiration. The number one uh, cable program, cable reality program right now, is Duck Dynasty. And, and the reason is mainly because of those two guys right there, Phil and Cy. In fact, mainly because of Cy. I think that the popularity of the show also comes from the Christianity that threads throughout the programs. At the end of every show, there is a a prayer, and their reality is believable to us. Some reality is not believable. It's not true with all reality television. There are other programs that are an unreal reality. Now, I'm not trying to insult any of you who watch these programs, but I watched two episodes of a program called God, Guns, and Automobiles. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you watch that program because after watching two episodes of that, I did an IQ test, and my IQ had dropped 20 points. I'm telling you, it's close to being the stupidest program I've ever seen. Forgive me for using the word stupid. I say it's close to being the stupidest program because I also made the mistake one time of watching a program called Porter Ridge. Porter Ridge is the stupidest program. right alongside, here comes honey boo-boo. I'm going to tell you what you have to do. You have to take one earplug and put it in one ear and turn your ear to the TV and listen to it that way to keep from your intelligence going right out the other ear. some of the reality program programming is unreal reality unreal reality is not always a bad thing it was unreal to think that a young a young man a teenager a young adult could defeat a guy named Goliath but it became his reality why did it become his reality because he was having a good day no because of the power of God what about that giant of yours? Do you believe that the power of God is big enough to make an unreal reality real? Do you believe that, that God is big enough to defeat your giant? Does God have enough power to empower you to defeat whatever giant that is? We have to seek and depend on the power of God. Here's the second power that we see in winning. And that is the power of victory. Verse 51. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So that the wounded Philistine fell on the Philistines fell on the way to um, Shariam, as far as Gath and Ekron. And the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines and plundered their camp. That's a big word, isn't it? Plundered. They plundered their camp. You know what? This is exactly what Coach Bowden said. You win. You win and you can get away with anything. That's precisely what Coach was saying. On this day, when David won the victory, others won a victory too. This wasn't a little win, it was a convincing win. Once Goliath fell, everyone was convinced. Even Israel was convinced. Did any of you watch the Clemson game yesterday? The first half of the game, Clemson wasn't convinced that they could, they could win. But they finally got ahead and they, they were then convinced that they could win hope they're not convinced next Saturday that they can win we want to defeat our giants convincingly we don't want there to be any doubt we want a a convincing victory we want a complete victory when you get victory over your giant you want it to be complete full never face this giant again This giant is dead, it's gone, its head's cut off, uh, everything is done, the giant will not come back. That's the way you want to defeat the giant. An archaeologist was digging in the desert in Israel and came upon a sarcophagus containing a mummy. And after examining it carefully the archaeologist sent it to a, a curator of a prestigious Natural History Museum. And here's what the archaeologist said I've just discovered this 3,000 year old mummy. The man died of heart failure. Well, the curator replied, You bring him in and we'll check and see how he died. A week later, the curator was just amazed and he called the archaeologist. And he said, You were right. About the mummy's age. The mummy is exactly 3,000 years old. <clears throat> and you were right about the cause of death. How in the world did you know this? He said, because I found a piece of paper in his hand that said 10,000 shekels on Goliath. The armor, army of Israel gave chase. And they added further defeat, and they came back and they plundered the encampment of Israel. This was winner take all. Let me ask you, what would be the extent of your victory if you faced and defeated your giant? What would happen? Seriously, what would happen in your life? How would your life change if you faced and defeated your giant with the power of God? Really? You say, oh, it'd be about the same, then it's not a real giant. If if you've got a giant in your life, and through the power of God, you're able to face that giant, and you're able to defeat that giant, then your life will change because you whipped the giant. Now the question is this, how will your life change? That's the final thing that I want to look at today. First of all, the power of change. Everything changed for David after this victory, and I mean everything he gained notoriety he was known everywhere girls were singing songs about him they made up a song and and it went something like this I don't know the tune but these are the words Saul has killed his thousands David has killed his tens of thousands boy they were excited about David they sang to David and they sang about David he gained notoriety and power he gained a place in the story of faith that we're still talking about today and this happened so many years ago but we're still talking about David slaying Goliath and there was some some change that that looks a lot like how we might change if we face our giant look again in verse 54 now and David took the head of the Philistine and he brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. Very important that you get that. Not David's own armor. He didn't have any. Saul tried to give him armor, you remember? He said, I can't use this stuff. This is what I've got, a sling and rocks. And so he took Goliath's armor and and he put it in his tent. And as soon as Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner says, As your soul lives, O king, I I don't know. And the king said, Inquire whose son the boy is. And as soon as David returned from striking down of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant, servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Now, when David won the the victory, declaring that the battle was the Lord's, there was a new awareness in Israel of the power of God. Things not only changed for David, things changed also for Israel. They began to see the power of God in a different way. Look again at verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put his armor in his tent. Now, I pointed that out earlier. The reason that we pointed that out is because later in the book of 1 Samuel, David dedicates the sword of Goliath to God. In 1 Samuel 21, when he is caught without the sword, he asks for the sword that he had dedicated to God after his first and most famous victory. From verse 54 of our text, we conclude that, or I conclude, that all of Saul's armor was dedicated to the Lord. Now, herein lies the key to defeating your giant. You don't defeat the giant for yourself. You defeat the giant for the Lord. That's why you defeat the giant. God, I want to defeat the giant because I really need this victory. Now, that's fine. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. But when David defeated the giant, David asked in big, bold letters, Is there not a cause? And then David said in bold words, The battle is the Lord's. If you want to know the the key to to whipping the giant, it's to make the battle the Lord's. There are enough people who are willing to promise to give God the glory and then not give God the glory. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said, Lord, if you'll just give me this victory, give me this job, give me this house give me these children, if you'll just give me these things, then, God, I promise you that I'm going to dedicate them and all of this and all that I have, it's all going to go to you, God. I dedicate it. I promise it's going to go to you. And then God gives us the victory, and we write him an IOU. As soon as I get all this worked out, God, I'm going to get back to you on that promise that I made you. I know I promised you that if you would give me this family or if you'd give me this job if you'd give me this career if you'd give me this opportunity I know that I promised you that I would dedicate it to you and I'm going to dedicate it to you I just got to get back to you on how I'm going to do that look folks you can be honest with God and mean it you can say to God Lord I really mean this if you Give me this victory, I really will glorify you through this victory. You can really do that. And let me say this to you. If you're going to ask for God's power in gaining victory, then you're going to have to somehow or another be honest with God about it. Why would any believer claim to give God the glory or promise to give God the glory and then not do it why would any believer take glory that belongs to God the power of change is a dedication to God and the celebration of triumph it's good to be able to live without needing the credit there are times however when you do want your boss to know and in the celebration of the giant's death and the pursuit of the Israelite army King Saul said I want to know who is this young man who is this lad the king wanted to make sure that he celebrated the victory in the right way and he gave credit to the right family whose boy is this whose son is this that has done this great thing for Israel who is it And that is the great thing about facing your giant. Your giant gives, changes the reputation, and I call it friends. I mean friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. And Dr. Elmer Towns, co-founder of Liberty University, put out a Sunday school promotion one time. It's called Fran Sunday, where you bring your friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors I want you to think how Israel changed this day. Think how the family of David changed. You remember his brother (laughs) that said to him, what are you doing here? What kind of trouble are you causing? Why are you even out here? And David said, what have I done now? Come on, give me a break. Just bringing you some bread and cheese and I'm going to kill this giant? <clears throat> Why are you causing all this trouble? How do you think that that brother talked after the giant was slain? That's my little brother. <laughs> so you see how he slung that thing and turned that stone loose? I taught him that. We used to knock things over down at the creek. Oh, man, he can do all kinds of stuff with that. I'm a little better than he is, but boy, he was good, wasn't he? That's my little brother. From then on, he goes back to his neighborhood. People say, isn't your brother David? Well, yeah, my brother's David. I'm telling you, we've been tight all of our lives. <clears throat> I love him. He loves me. You think I could get his autograph All? Oh, please. He's just another guy. He'll be over to the house one day. I'll, I'll give you a call. How do you think Jesse's life changed? Jesse was already a little older. He was the dad. Saul says, Jesse, I, I want you to know that you're not going to go to a retirement home. We're going to take care of you and your family. And I'm going to tell you why. Because that boy of yours is something else. He is awesome. What about the neighbors? Errol, what about all those neighbors? How do you think they felt? Ooh, did you see what that little old boy? He grew up next door. I, I changed his diaper. I did. I changed his diaper. The women were so excited. Can you believe? Can you believe it's, it's Jesse's boy? Can you believe Little David, just a little David. Boom, he kills a big giant. Unbelievable. They all changed. Israel is no longer under the oppression of the Philistines. Now Israel is victorious, and they all got richer because all the soldiers plundered the belongings of the Philistines. Life really changed for everybody. Think of how the lives of the people around you would change if you faced your giant and defeated him with the power of God. How how would the lives change for your family if you faced your giant? How would the lives of your friends change if you faced your giant? how would ladies, how would your husband's life change if you faced your giant? Gentlemen, how would your wife's life change if you faced your giant? What if you meet that challenging opportunity with the power of God? And and what if you step up to this challenge and you say, God, I'm going to give you all of the glory for any victory that comes, but I'm going to face this challenge. I'm going to face this opportunity. How would your life change and those around you? By the way, let me ask this. How will your life change if you don't face the giant? How will the life of your family change if you don't face the giant? A lot of people have put off for a long time facing their giant. And their family has been changing. And their friends have been changing. And things have gotten progressively worse. Some people are, are ill today, and they're afraid to face their giant. I just don't want the bad news. And, and you're progressively getting worse. What if you faced the giant and the power of God? How would everything change for you? I like what Paul said, and I believe what Paul said. When he said the words, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Do you know where he got that? He got that from a young man one day who stepped out on the battlefield. And looked up at this this soldier that was almost ten feet tall, and he said, "Hey, this day the Lord will give you." You've been listening to the Family Bible Hour, a broadcast ministry of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida, with your speaker, Dr. Randy Ray. You can visit us at North Florida Baptist Church, 3000 North Meridian Road, Tallahassee, Florida, 32312. Visit us online at nflchurch.com. Dr. Ray invites you to join him next week for the Family Bible Hour.